What? No, not right now. I'm Luis Kukachi, and I get to decide when the strikers move away from Lockhart. Not you. I'm in charge. Luis, I just saw Twitter. You gave indie crap for reporting they had 6,000 in attendance for the rain game? Of course. There were only, like, ten people left after the three-hour rain delay. But Luis, it's an industry standard to report tickets allocated and not the people in the stands. Steve, you know me. You know I cannot tell a lie. Louise? Yes, dear? Do you think I look pretty today? You haven't looked pretty in 20 years. <laughs> papa, Papa, look at this beautiful dinosaur I've drawn. My first grade teacher showed it to the whole class. She should not have. This is a terrible drawing. It looks like a rat's anus. <laughs> Hello? Commissioner Peterson, hello. How are you today, Louise? Terrible. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is ToughCast. And welcome to ToughCast, bye to United fans, this is Notch. And this is Kyle, and coming to you for free, it's episode 63. Well, it's late, Kyle. It's very late. Yeah, it's like legitimately like way, way. This might be the latest I've ever recorded an episode of this show. Or the earliest you've ever recorded an episode of this show. My mind just got blown. Damn, well done. Well done. Well, we're going to try to be quick, which never happens, but still going to try because I really need to get to sleep. There's a guy who's going to come and knock on my door early tomorrow morning to repair one of my appliances, man. So I can't even sleep in despite being on vacation. Woe is me. Yeah, I didn't schedule it. Right. Yeah, I, I did that, actually. You, uh, you also wrote an article this week. I did write an article this week. There was that terrible article in the New York Times uh, about um, how, essentially, um, Euro snobbery and appropriation of European culture leads to destruction of society as we know it and the election of Donald Trump. That was pretty much what the guy was trying to say. That's a good summary. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So I just wrote back about how we could actually create diversity in our stands and stop our stands being from being so homogenous, which, you know, I love everybody in the stands right now, but we could deal with a few more people of color, some more immigrants maybe. I think that would be kind of cool to hear their perspectives on the sport, to kind of get their views on uh, this experience that we all enjoy. I think that'd be really sweet. And I think a lot of that has to do with outreach. So I wrote a little article about that, and I also tore into the New York Times piece just a little bit, uh, because it was, was really very stupid. Yeah. So that was my article. Go read it. It's on 55.1. Yeah. Yeah. My opinion pieces. It's kind of weird, you know? Every six months or so, something happens that makes me really angry, and I'm like, oh, I have to write about this. Click and clack, click and clack, and then you write something, and uh, it comes out. But I always release it like a little too late. Like, there's a bunch of reactions that come out before mine. And so I'm always a little late. I noticed that. There were a few that, that got shared around the Twitterverse and then yours came out. And yours is good, but I think, yeah, you, you kind of pooped the bed and missed the boat. Yeah, I need to make my pancake hot takes just a little bit faster. The batter, I need to like uh, stir just a little bit faster. Or the instant hot take batter that's ready bought at the store that you just pour out onto a griddle. Right, essentially. that That's what I'm missing out on. Uh, by the way, these San Francisco Deltas are apparently helping the NASL clubs get blue ticks, you know, the verified ticks on Twitter, which uh, I saw a few people last week affiliated with NASL being like, how do I get that blue tick? What do I do, guys? And then apparently somehow, I think Neil Malone from the NASL actually arranged for it to happen for a bunch of clubs and people, and he might have got help from the Deltas. Like, I'm just speculating wildly here, but... Uh, 
The deltas are all about creating synergistic efficiencies without reinventing the wheel midstream. Exactly. Yep. They they are pretty much. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they have like deep uh, cover. Like it's uh, basically Amazon's team. You know, being in Silicon Valley, they just got a they got a little bus that takes them from like their downtown apartments to like the suburbs where they train and makes a bunch of people angry. You, 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 am I losing you? No, here? no, I, the whole gentrification. I'm following you. Yeah, okay, yeah. good, good, good. This is this this podcast is nothing. It's if not obscure references to super hyper intellectual topics. Uh, anyway, uh, moving along. Can you tell it's really late, folks? Um, my jokes get really bad and really lame, really late. Uh, that, but no joke was that uh, Railhawks tied West Ham United 2-2, which, um, hooray, club record attendance of 10,125 at Wakenet Soccer Park. That's great, right? I, I just, I'm just seeing Andy Carroll in the locker room scratching his head being like, has anyone figured out yet what a Railhawk is? Are we going to see one? Are we going to eat one after the game? Yeah. But he spelled it correctly. He actually uh, just intuitively knew you. it's one word, but you capitalize the H. Right. That but, is odd, but he didn't it? pronounce it. I never, I, never, I never noticed that until you mentioned it today. Yeah. When I, there's a weekly NASL trash talk thread on Reddit, and you're supposed to shout at everybody in all caps, but I, I make it a point to put both the R and the H in lowercase when I do that. <laughs> This is brilliant. Uh, speaking of the Railhawks, by the way, uh, NASL Player of the Week is Naz Abadawi. Uh, the team of the week was um, uh, John Bush from Indy 11, which... Um, he unfortunately deserved. Yes. For us. Exactly. With his hat. It was his attire. He, I, I saw that game, and I thought, did the Loons just get blanked by a sales rep from the suburbs? Right. Like, he brought his kids to the game, and there wasn't a goalie. And he's like, I, I'll give this a shot, and I'll just go in and save a penalty. Yeah, I, I, my thought was when I saw his uh, hat, which I was there in person, by the way. Great trip to Indy. That was a lot of fun. I think I said that. Was that last episode only? Or no? it was, yeah, we haven't recorded one since then. It was a great trip to Indy. Lots of fun, uh, except for the game, of course. That was horrible. And met a lot of great people, swapped a lot of beer. But when I saw John Bush come out, with his hat, I'm like, this is because he's so old that the sun is starting to bother him more. And the next game, we're going to see him with those, like, weird wraparound huge glasses. Next, he'll have, like, a walker. One of those. Rascal scooter. One of those big floppy tech wear sun hats from REI. Right, exactly. He's one of those guys who watches commercials on the TV for HD sunglasses and buys one. <laughs> Um, by the way, in defense of the team of the week, we've got Brent Kalman from Minnesota United, Kosuke Kimura, who's one of my favorites, who has very short shorts. Have you noticed this, by the way? I I appreciate short shorts. I think everybody should go that route. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Kosuke Kimura specifically prefers them. And I particularly, I think it's, it's um, I, I need them on goalkeepers too. I, okay. No flashy boots and short shorts. Okay, subbladder. Yeah. Uh, Sean Nicola <laughs> was the third guy in defense on the team of the week uh, in his debut for FC Edmonton uh, we got Dylan Mares from Indy Naz Abadavi from Carolina Jamal Jackson from Jacksonville Jamal Jackson Jamal Johnson they from named Jacksonville they the city after him right Yohandri Orozco from New York Cosmos at mid and attackers we have what? Matt Fondy uh, Alex Dixon and, from Jacksonville and Lucky Skasana who um you know, has been has been kind of on a streak, yeah, for the Cosmos since coming back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Why is the team of the week always a three four three? Uh, I don't know. Why don't we have 
a Brazilian 352, or just one week, just go crazy and have a Spanish 360. Right. Yeah. I think it's probably because this team is lining up against um, Italy, which, uh, you know how Yogi love line Germany up against Italy with three in the back? That's that's what they're going for. Sure. It's, it's a very tactical move. Uh, speaking of tactics, fall week two uh, was upon us. And we watched Jacksonville take on Puerto Rico Football Club 2-1 in presence of 5,000 people. It's not bad. Jacksonville attendance, not bad. And um, Jacksonville again 1-2-1 with two goals scored pretty early, 9th minute and 27th minute. And then Pito Ramos scored for Puerto Rico. The same guy who scored last week, the hometown guy, in the 78th minute. First goal uh, from Dixon to Johnson. Just a, a really, really slick right foot on the half volley from Johnson. Yeah, and, and by the way, I just want to say about the about the this um, uh, the highlight package that we were watching. Um, I gotta say, I wasn't expecting the highlights to actually be a real highlights package. You know, Jackson's highlight package has typically been like the commentator saying something uh, through the goal, and then the then you get a different camera angle. The commentators say the same thing; like it's just the same audio feed from three different angles, and it's just the goals. This time, there was like other stuff than the goals like there was actually like content beyond like that one tackle that someone did like there were four different tackles and shots and all this it was a real highlights package and i was like and i had the list of goals in front of me and i was like okay is that the goal no it's not it's actually another tackle is that the goal? no that's actually another good play oh my god i'm just learning more about the game this is so unexpected so that happened yeah also uh miola promised some roster changes and did put Anthony Wallace, uh, Carl Oymet, and Zach Steinberger. Carl in, Omelette. Yeah, into the lineup. And also threw Jason Plumhoff on as a sub. So There you go. Plumhoff, Plumhoff, Plumhoff. The game was also delayed two hours uh, by lightning. Let's see here. Carolina, Railhawks played Tampa Bay Rowdies and won 4-1. Which he gets smacked around 5-1 and goes off and wins 4-1 the next week. Uh, an angry team, apparently. Right? Yeah. They scored... Those four goals this past game were more than the three goals they'd scored in the previous seven. Right. Four That's four sad. being larger than three. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, man. And Matt Fondy actually scored. Like, not a penalty. Which, by the way, three out of the, the five goals in this game were penalties. And Fondy scored one of the few goals that wasn't a penalty. Weird, man. He had, like, a nice driven header off a corner. And uh, maybe the, the lone highlight for the Rowdies, Freddie Adu did make his first appearance of the year as a 71st-minute substitute. Freddie Adu, he's back! Call him up here again! Uh, by the way, did you know that Mike Brandes, Dark Cloud, actually played against Freddie in uh, like club, youth club soccer, like as a kid? And when Freddie left the IMG Academy, Mike went and joined it. I did not, but I, I do now. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty ins- insane, man. That's crazy stuff. Which, by the way, three penalties in this game. What the heck was going on? People I mean, were fouling people in the box. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> were they were they deserved? Do you think? Uh, the first one maybe it was one of those cases where did he go through the forward? The defender did the go through the forward to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one was hilariously unlucky. A defender got nutmegged while sliding for the ball and. The ball went through his legs and hit his arm that was he was balancing himself on the ground with. Just, uh, yeah, it was what it was. But uh, Tampa Bay was never going to win that game. So 
No. And and when that when the handball happened, like Matt Fondy turns around like because he's the guy who not make the defender, and he's like pointing at the defender like, ah, ah, look at that, look at that, and he's obviously saying like it's handball. But I was just imagining him, guys, did you see that? Anyone see that? He just goes up like takes a selfie with his like cell phone. Yeah, you got nutmeg, bro. Handball in the box. <laughs> It'll be, I, I, that's you know that's what I saw him doing. Um, maybe it didn't happen in real life. Uh, by the way, Carolina snapped a seven game winless streak. Yeah, seven. It's a long, yeah, yeah, long time. And not the only streak that was uh, that we have news about this week. We'll talk about another one in the next game. But by the way, Carolina signed Omar Bravo, leading Please. leading scorer in the history of Chivas Guadalajara. I was, I want to call them Chivas Mexico. Can we do that? We should do that from now on. That'll annoy them. Yeah. Uh, they're also, by the way, he's a 36 year old forward, and he's played 66 games for the Mexican national team with 15 goals. Played briefly with Sporting Kansas City. Did you see him with them? I personally did not, no. Okay. There was some there was some reference to him losing a US Open Cup to Richmond when he was there. So and the Mexican papers, by the way, say that the transfer fees are 150k, so some of that tech money getting reinvested by the owner of the Redhawks. Yay, research stuff. triangle. Uh-huh. What's the next game, man? The next game. Do we have to talk about the next game? Yeah, let's just skip that. <laughs> <laughs> the next game is Indianapolis, Minnesota United. Um, Minnesota outshot Indy twelve to seven, but Indy in controlled, dominated possession in the first half. The Loons were just kind of content to strike it the, from the counter. Um, they did create seven chances off the counter in the first half, but finished none of them. Their best chance of the game, Christian Ramirez. Uh, took a penalty kick. He he. It was a nice effort. He put it low into the keeper's right. Unfortunately, Bush also dove low into his right, saved it. I don't know if Bush got a read on it or not. He was moving towards that side of the net before Ramirez took his penalty. Um, and then a turnover by Lance Lang. That felt, was awful. That was horrible, man. Fell to Dylan Mayers, who put it over in Jock, who was slightly off his line, and Indy were the victors. Yeah, I mean, that last line turnover was literally something that you do when you're 12. You know, like kicked it straight to a defender. He was wearing the wrong colored shirt. Right, exactly. And I, I gotta say, I mean, I was obviously in the stand, and I didn't watch that much of this game during that time, but I remember thinking, like, as the second half wore on, I'm like, Indy's gonna get that late goal again. That's just what they do. They're going to get that late goal. They're going to get that late goal. And boom, 78th minute goes in. You should have warned someone. Which, by the way, there was a scuffle at the end of the game. Did anyone figure out what they were fighting about? I do not know what. I think it was like while they were shaking hands, somebody said something. Is the like rumor I heard from somebody who was like nearby and could like barely hear what was happening. That sounds legit. And then Tiago Calvano and uh, Lavelle Palmer got sent off, which, again, I'm not entirely sure that they did anything. It was just that the referee had to send somebody off for the scuffle. I've, I, I find it interesting you can be sent off after the final whistle. Right. And and I would like to know the statute of limitations on that. Is it once you leave the field, if you're in the locker room, then you go fight someone in the parking lot? Is that just a... Just a suspension and criminal charges? Or... Yeah, like Tiago's eating some soup at the restaurant after the game and he like spills it on himself by mistake and the referees at the next day like, Tweet! Sent off, sir! Yeah. I'm done! You have to leave the state of Indiana. Right, exactly. Exactly. I hear that's what Lionel Messi's tax lawyers tried to do. Uh, next 
game that we have. Oh, one one piece of news. Mackenzie Pridham was this dude who Minnesota United, I think it was in 2014, they had signed him to uh, uh, his first professional contract, and he didn't really do much. He went off to a Whitecaps 2, I think, last year. And then this year he's with the Sacramento Republic. Turns out he's he's come on as a uh, substitute a few times, played 176 minutes and scored two goals, according to Steve Sandor at the11.ca. That is better than a goal per 90 minutes. Right. And uh, so, I don't know, man. Maybe the guy kid's got some talent. Or it's small sample size theater. Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Miami FC played New York Cosmos, the new Miami FC, which gets newer every day. And they scored two goals, actually, and almost, like, took out a result like a point against the Cosmos. It took the Cosmos a 92nd minute goal from Lucky Kasana to, and a second of the game, by the way, to to get this one back. A rattling, clumsy 92nd minute goal. True. But still a match winner. Still, yep, yeah, exactly. Still a match winner. Uh, Poku scored, which the money paid off, according to Nesta, I'm sure. All the money. Yeah. The, like everything we spent on him, that one goal was worth it. Exactly. Nothing else is going to happen with Poku. Uh, but he had, he had a great run, beat his marker, reached the ball, knocked it in. The kind of stuff that you want from a guy who's paying a lot of money. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's like the, 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 the huge paycheck is on a little stick or, uh, on Poku's head, like in fr- dangling in front of him. That's how fast he was running. It was, it was, it was pretty good. And so... Maybe they're maybe with all this money spent, they can pull out some results, man. I I don't know, but uh, it's it's looking like at least they they're going in the right direction on the pitch. I don't know if the money's worth it, if the the trade off for the money to the result, but still, at least to to score two against the Cosmos is not easy. No, no, um, and it's not my money, so right. Uh, Brian Hort, by the way, was in uh, the the Cosmos net for the second week in a row because Jimmy Maurer has been benched. Uh, he did play the the midweek game Maurer did, but so it's kind of kind of interesting to see Brian Hort getting two consistent games like this. Uh, he earned a yellow, by the way, for for a foul outside the box where he came out and just knocked a guy down, um, which is interesting only because Maurer did almost exactly the same thing in the next game and got a yellow himself. So both Cosmos keepers have been uh, given yellows for fouls. They could have been given reds for maybe. Uh, it's Reversio on on Holtz. Reversio is charging back, and I think he Holt wasn't given a red because Reversio was the deepest man when it okay. was committed. But Reversio was injured on that very play, which is sad. Uh, he is a fantastic defender, but uh, he's never ever fit. Yeah, and he's, and he he's can't, made of glass. He can't fit. Even when he starts a game, he can't finish it. Yep, he is. He's basically, you know, that 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 little glass figurine that your mom got in like Poland and is in a glass cabinet, and you're told like, "Don't touch it." And then at one time that you touch it, it falls and breaks into like a million pieces. That's uh, reverse or, or the leg breaks off, and you try to glue it on, hoping nobody will notice, but they do. Right, they really do. Uh, he's played three three matches so far this year. Two were Open Cup games against MLS opposition. The other one was this one. All right, Ottawa OKC. We've got a ton of news on this game, which the game itself ended 0-1 um, on a Marcel Debellis' own goal in the eighth minute. Uh, basically, the, a corner from Michel hits Debellis' far leg, and it kind of nutmegs him. And he uh, got screened by his own defender on the play. So don't yeah. blame him. No, 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 no. And, and 6,300 in attendance for this game, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, 
Do we do we want to talk about this match at all? Super briefly, I just want yeah. to note that Ryo won this game without putting a single shot on target because own goals don't count as shots on target for the, op- <laughs> the opposing team. Uh, that's hilarious. That is just hilarious. Um, yeah, they they did sign a couple of guys, so maybe maybe they help. And um, but the, the the funny thing is actually the they got this guy named Devin Sandoval on loan, who is an attacker. So maybe that's gonna help them. Um, He's 25 years old. He's been with Real Salt Lake, Real Monarchs, and he was on loan for the with the Railhawks for three games in 2014. Uh, and he looks very different depending on when he has a mustache or not. He looks like he's 12 when he doesn't, and when he does, he looks like he's basically driving around a van with the words "free candy" written on the side, full of rust. And yeah, not a nice van. No, no, no not a nice van at all. Uh, they also added uh, Ryo did a second guy on loan, Sebastian Igiba or Ibiga. I don't know how to spell this uh, or pronounce this. Go, go look it up yourself. 24-year-old center back. He's uh, spent most of 2016 on ro- loan with the Rio Grande Valley Toros. Uh, he's from the Dynamo, by the way, Houston Dynamo. He spent some time in the, you know, Danish second division. Mm. And then he actually played 19 games in the Icelandic second division, which I'm pretty sure is played on a pitch that's at a, a, a petrol pump. With like a dentist and like the local um, janitor. And cobbler. Right, exactly. Uh, And it's played in clogs. I'm pretty sure that's part of the rules too. And hip waiters. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. So, so, uh, I don't know. Iceland Iceland apparently has like a bunch of divisions. Who the hell knew? I thought they had like five people and a moose. It's closer to 30 people and two moose. Cool. Awesome. Um, He's also got seven appearances for the USU 20 team, by the way. Woohoo. Who did the Fury sign, man? Ottawa Fury? Uh-huh. Uh, they signed a, a 24-year-old Canadian midfielder. We'll play a Ken Notch guess. He's been with the Montreal Impact since 2011. And uh, before choosing to join the Fury, he was rumored to have offers from League Two in France and the MLS. I'll take who is Maxime Tissot. That is correct. For 2000. Perfect. Uh... They also signed a guy named Thomas Stewart, who's a 29-year-old striker from Northern Ireland. He's spent the last two years in Sacramento Republic. He's previously played for in Ireland and Scotland. He played in Scotland for Patrick Thistle, by the way, that team that has that weird, creepy mascot with the, the star. The greatest head. mascot ever. It's <laughs> as if somebody who was very high on meth yeah. tried to draw Lisa Simpson in crayon. <laughs> it's true. And Luis Kukachi said it told them it looked terrible. It, it did not look uh, like a happy son at all. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, by the way, the newest piece of news that broke today, by the way, is that Johnny Steele, Johnny Steele, has moved from Ottawa Fury to Miami FC. See, up to now, with Miami FC signings, I was like, man, this maybe makes sense. Or like, you know, these guys are good. Johnny Steele? Are you kidding me? You would, Yeah, Richie Ryan, he's a really good player. He, um your your favorite player, Fun Fun. He's a versatile player. He can fill in at a lot of spots. Uh, and Johnny Steele is not having a bad season this year for Ottawa. But if you have a lot of money to splash around, he's the winger you go out and target. And and by all accounts, he is locker room poison. Thirteen teams in like what whatever number of years doesn't happen if you're like a lovable, awesome guy. So why why would you bring him into the squ- into a squad that's already struggling? Makes no sense, man. Maybe this is their one plan to make some money back. They'll figure he can't stick around for a while and 
right. flip him again after overpaying? This doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah, no, that's generally what people say when they look at Miami's transfers. Uh, moving along, let's go on to FC Edmonton versus Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Ended 1-0 in front of a very, very happy 2,000 people, I guess. Wah, wah. Uh, Daryl Fordyce, by the way, scored for what was for me the goal of this week, though. Yeah, uh, long pass, brings it down on his right leg uh, with his first touch and to, to get it around the defender and then hits it with his left leg into the upper part of the net. Just phenomenal. Yeah, go, go see this goal. It's really, really cool. Uh, this game, by the way, a lot of delays this week. Tons of delays. Yeah, 46 minutes in this game. Uh, but that did not stop Matt Van Oakle from being absolutely unbelievable in the FC Edmonton net. Most Lots of great saves. Folks will never eat a skunk. And then again, some focal, like the Eddie's keeper, Matt Van Oakle. <laughs> Not tr- Most folks will never lose a toe. Mm-hmm. But then again, some focal, like the Eddie's keeper, Matt Van Oakle. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, this is really late, man. Uh, let's let's keep going. Uh, Sean Nicklaw did start at right back. He's the new uh, guy that FC Edmonton got. Sini Nyasi, by the way, has a concussion, which is the first I've heard of that. That's unfortunate. The 11.ca Steve Sandor reports that FC Edmonton coach Colin Miller has made offers to three players, contract offers. Uh, they, by the way, had a squad of 16 in this game and then a squad of 15 for their midweek game. Injury woes. Yeah, it's mad, man. It's mad. Um, they're missing Saini Nyasi, Pablo Cruz, Christian Rodales. Um, and, and also, I got to say... The the funny thing is there's there's a bunch of quotes from um from Colin Miller in this article and one of them intrigued me. He said, Having said that, we offer a very good package to any player coming to our club. We're competitive, certainly not with the big guns, of course. Miami. But the fact is there there are lots of players available. The players want to work. They want to come to North America and we make it fashionable to come to Edmonton. We tell them about our program, our academy. Our ownership is fantastic. Second to none. These things combined with how they get treated when they're here make FC Edmonton a desirable place to come and play and a desirable place to come and work. It was very interesting to me. So he's basically giving full-throated support to Edmonton, except he's also saying, yeah, we can't really compete with the big guys. And he also used fashionable and Edmonton next to each other in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. I believe that's where they're going to have the Milan Fashion Week is moving to Edmonton from now on. Yeah. That's where they're going to release a new uh, Derelict collection featuring the oil worker fashion. Yeah, who wants to go to Pityumo when you can hang out in the oil sands fields? Right, exactly. Yeah. I heard there's good money to be made. Indy versus Fort Lauderdale, uh, midweek game ended 3-0 after three-hour rain delay, after which, like we said, there was basically like a couple hundred people in the stands, which is impressive by itself. Eamon Zayed scored yet again among the three goals, which all came between, within 26 minutes. Basically, strikers waited three hours and 26 minutes to have their dreams destroyed. Uh, Jason Mora... The best enough. part, they waited uh-huh. those three hours, and then they sort of didn't even want to take the field after that. Indy came out and Fort Lauderdale stalled for another ten minutes. That's that's really lame, man. Like you, you know, it's you like waiting for three hours of like klaxon to sound like we're ready to go, and indie players are out there being like, "Yeah, this is awesome. We finally get to play. Yay, the fans are all really happy." They're like, "Where is the opponent? What are they doing?" You know? Yeah. 
Pretty lame, man. Uh, Luis Ucachi, managing director of Fort Lauderdale Strikers, was upset on Twitter about this Fort Lauderdale Strikers schedule. Something about there being three games in five days and um, along with the delay and such, which my response is, yeah, the delay is going to be for everybody, man. That's just the way it is. Like, you can't control that. And three games in five days sometimes happens, you know, in a tough, busy season. He also uh, also poked fun at Indy reporting their tickets allocated as opposed to the number of people that stuck around for three hours on a weeknight waiting for the game to be resumed. I, I got to admit, I like seeing Fort Lauderdale's like actual number, turn style number, but I think in a game like this, I would even say that the allocated number actually makes more sense. In fact, if we were just strict, if all sports strictly did like turn style, this is a game where I would not report the number because it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't mind, uh, I think allocated is generally a better number so long as teams aren't padding their stats with a bunch of tickets they've given away for free. If this is actually people that have paid with the intent to go see the 11 on Wednesday night, I don't really see the issue with it. Exactly. And uh, gotta say, I was just saying that before, Jason Morar did get sent off in this game, which, uh, surprise. Um, Indy tied the league unbeaten streak, which I'm pretty sure is actually Indy's streak from last year. Uh, 13 games? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not entirely sure of that yet. Um, Fort Lauderdale Strikers signed Jorge Luis Corrales, who this is one of the Na- Cuban national team guys that was with Miami. They released him recently. The interesting thing about the release from Fort Lauderdale about this, though, was that we found out finally that he did not defect. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a long time know that when he signed for Miami, I dug around the internet to try to find out how is this guy here. Well, it turns out he came to the U.S. on a valid visa obtained from the U.S. Embassy in Havana and then decided to pursue professional soccer here. So he did not defect, which is important to know. Um, moving along to the next piece of news here, Fort Lauderdale are moving to the Central Broward Regional Park, that cricket field that they've been talking about moving to. They're finally going to debut there on August 20th against the Fury. And the final game against Lockhart is going to be July 30th against the Armada. So look out, uh, for some new, we'll, we'll see if the attendance is any different at the new, new venue. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. The tailgate show actually have a video up where they toured the stadium, so go check that out if you're so inclined. New York Jacksonville, New York Tom Jacksonville, three 0 with three thousand eight hundred people in attendance in New York. Um, Lucky Kasana had an assist here in this game, so that's pretty cool. Um, not really much to say except that Sean Lewis is getting starts for Jacksonville instead of Gallardo, which thank God. But I guess having three goals knocked in against you is not so great. Can I say that? Moffat's shot in the 79th was a very, very attractive long-range strike. It was still rising when it hit the back of the net. Just yeah. a laser. So Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, totally beautiful. Go go and look that up. Uh, Oklahoma City, Rio OKC, played against Puerto Rico FC and, and managed to sneak in two late goals for a 2-2 tie in front of 3,500 people, which for a midweek game, you know, I'll, I'll, it's decent in Rio. Yeah, for Raya. Uh, Puerto Rico has now given up, in its very, very short history, two added-time equalizers. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. They're, and, they're the reverse Indy 11 this year. Yep. Uh, the reverse Cardiac Cosmos. Uh, the other thing is they Hector Ramos, that local dude, has now scored three goals in three games. 
It's pretty, uh, pretty insane. Um, let's see here. Well, one one thing mm-hmm. does does Puerto Rico FC have a nickname? I don't think so. Uh, what the Habsburgs or what are we gonna go with? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Maybe this is something we should put to our listeners. Hey, listeners, if you have a um, a, a nickname for the Puerto Rico FC, you know, maybe, maybe the Crayola logos or something. I don't know. Uh, send it to us. Um, we, we'd love to hear suggestions of what, what Puerto Rico FC's nickname should be. So tweet that to us and we'll read the best ones on next week's show. Uh, let's let's do our predictions, Kyle. Uh, first game next week is Fort Lauderdale versus uh, Carolina. Who do you think is going to be on top there? I am going to say Carolina is now out of the horrible streak and is going to launch a, a winning streak of their own now. Agreed. Tampa Bay versus Puerto Rico FC. I am going with Puerto Rico FC, actually. I am going to say that Tampa Bay equalizes on a late goal and added time, and it's a draw. A draw. All right. All right. Uh, Miami versus Jacksonville. Miami. Okay. Uh, I Let's see here. This is difficult for me. I think... Johnny Steele has now joined Miami. All How right, can you go right. against... By the way, I just want to say last week I predicted that India was going to win, and they did. So this week I'm going to predict Minnesota United winning just so that, you know, that's what happens. What about you? Yeah, I think the Loons are going to do a heck of a lot better now that they're not on turf. They they never, ever do well on turf. They're going to be back mm-hmm. in NSC, some nice grass, and hopefully a good win. Perfect. Oklahoma City versus uh, New York Cosmos? I... I I didn't pick the Cosmos to win last week, and, and they did, and I'm not going to make that mistake this time around. I think there are, there's a stunning upset here. Let's see what happens. Uh, and finally, we have the Canadian Derby uh, the next day. Lots of maple syrup being consumed, uh, lots of sorries being said. Uh, who do you have winning between FC Edmonton and Ottawa Fury? Hmm. Uh, Mike Myers or Peter Jennings? <laughs> um, I think the Eddies will win at home. I agree with you. I think Otto Fury will be missing Johnny Steele. Oh, wait, no. Um, I, I do think that Eddie's can pull it through at home, though. Just like you. All right, that's been the pod. Kyle, where can people find you? You can find me at 55.1 and at KR Eliason on Twitter. You can find me at LockstockSpock and at TWO United fans. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Podcasts, and on 55.1. Uh, just so you know, next episode will hopefully not be recorded this late. Apologies for the uh, strained humor, maybe. <laughs> maybe you liked it. I don't know. Awkward silences. Exactly. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. Goodbye. Take care.